This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Morning, Eric. Morning. Now, I think we were taking a bit of stick from uh, Dundee fans on 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 Twitter last last week for fo- focusing on the negative up to at the, at the top of the uh, at the top of the podcast. So I, I'm just thinking, yeah, we, we, I suppose we do kind of we do we do because we're, we're usually spoilt for choice. We do often uh, start with the losing team. So why don't we why don't we buck the trend and start with the the one that got the win at the weekend? Let's start with Saints who are. Uh, who got themselves a very, very important victory? I would suggest, Sean. I think it wasn't one. F- well, let's let's go straight into this actually, because it seems to be that there's a bit of a divide, isn't there? And I don't. I mean, I don't remember. I mean, I remember a lot of those type of uh, those type of wins games under Tommy Wright. I'm not. I'm not wrong in remembering that, am I? Because there, there seems to be, I, I think there seems to now be an expectation. I don't know if it's the the double year that changed things, or, or you know, just a general sort of you know the that fans are still on a, a big group of fans, are, or or maybe a wee group of fans are still on their their way back to think, you know, to to bringing Callum Davison back into their affections after the brush with relegation. But is he getting the bar set higher for him than than Tommy was in terms of? We would, we need to win, and you need to win by doing it with uh, football that is easy on the eye. I think you're probably right, and uh, but at the same time, I can kind of see why. I mean, if you, it, it's the, the bar's set for him, but it's also to an extent set by him. Um, and fair enough, the 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 first season was absolutely unprecedented and, and incredible, and all of those superlatives. Um, so. From that perspective, it, it, it's actually quite harsh to to judge him by that, um, you know, in every subsequent season because the chances of, a, of a, anything like that happening again are, are so slim as to be almost impossible. So, but at the same time, you know, football is, it's it's like it like a lot of other things in life. It's sort of like progress is important, I think, and I think there's a feeling there probably is a feeling despite last season that you know that that cup double. It was. It did set a new sort of, not a bar, not something that has to be done again, but certainly, I, I think it maybe it lifted the club a little bit in the in the minds of its own supporters, just a little bit. So I think it probably is the case that you know expectations are slightly higher, and I don't think that they're, they're they're wildly high. I don't think anybody's is going about going. We should be winning trophies any every year or anything like that. I don't think that's the case, but I I, I do think there's uh, there's probably. A bit of an expectation of, of of seeing not necessarily sort of sexy swashbuckling football all the time, but certainly, you know, a, a level of, of control in matches um, that I think was there uh, in that first season. At times, not all the time, but was. certainly as the season went on, they started to look like a side that was really just superbly coached, and they knew exactly what their roles were. And yeah, they weren't blowing teams away, but they were. They were just completely in control of matches, um, and I think that's probably the thing that people people would like to get back to. So you look at the weekend, and yeah, they go ahead really early, and um, from there, I mean, you look at the stats and Kilmarnock are sort of sixty percent plus possession, and and you can look at that two ways. You can say well, St Johnson were ahead, and they made a conscious decision to to 
kind of protect what they had. Um, or you can say that, I mean, even if St. Johnson were doing that, Kelly were far better on the ball than St. Johnson were. And I think that's true as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a win. And I yeah, absolutely take it. And at the end, it did. It, it was a good sort of a feeling at the end of it because it looked like a team that I got stuck in and dug in when yeah. things were difficult. Um, but, you know, as, as you go on and you look back at it, there, there's definite value in that and in, in the fight and there's value in the fact that they held on and got the three points. But I think there's also a wee eyebrow that will be raised in there um, because it's a home game against Kilmarnock, a team who are, you know, not doing brilliantly in the league. You want to win those games. And it could be said that it was uh, rather more rather more um, nervy than it should have been. He was very positive about the result, obviously, Callum, because I think it was a very, very important result. But but Jim, I think I, th- I mean, he, he said it himself. Actually, he 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 does. I don't think he's, and he's not just saying this for the sake of it. I, and I, I think we would all agree that there is more in this team, which which I think is a great thing. If you're getting these results, and you know they haven't they haven't had that 90, 90 minute performance. Probably not even had a. 70-80 minute performance you know that the St Johnson have got their wins by playing well in a half or in a significant part of the game um, they've got to a pretty decent total number of wins as well Jim I mean it took them to I was having a look at it when I did my Monday piece you know it took them to near the end of February to, to hit this mark in terms of victories and here they are already you know they're not drawing the same number of games but it did have a very significant feel about it that one at the weekend didn't it that's two weekends in a row and I would say broadly you don't you know you, you never know for sure but broadly other results have gone for them as well and it was just you know I was kind of that was that was the first weekend when I actually had to look at the table on St John's behalf and looked up the way and thought gosh there's, there's teams very close to them that I didn't think were very close to them you know like St Mern's at the time it was Hearts before they got their win even Aberdeen and Hibs it's uh you know there is there is potential for them there, isn't there? There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, performances don't always equate to points. I mean, you know, how often have we seen people saying team are playing brilliantly, but they're not, they're not getting wins, they're not even getting draws. And, you know, Saints are not playing brilliantly. I think it's probably fair to say. I mean, I'm, I've only seen the highlights in the last couple of games, but they're, but they're picking up the points. I mean, two wins in the bounce. And, and in this league, of course, you know, it now leaves them, what, it's only four points off uh, third place or something like that. You know I mean? It's, it's, it's an incredible league that way. So, you know, if, they, if they're not playing tremendously well, they, they are picking up the points. I mean, there's a lot of... There's a lot of really good things going on, I think. Um, and, and I know football's a game of could have been, might have been, and all the rest of it. I mean, it could have been also different had, a, you know, the, the two VAR decisions gone, to, gone against them, a red card, the goal. Um, you know, it could have, you know, had uh, had Stevie May's shot, because it looked more like a cross, had it not taken that wee deflection, nicked in the net. But it didn't. None of these things. I mean, it, it's kind of like stats. I mean, you know, I enjoy my stats as well, but at the end of the day, the only stat that counts, irrespective of the referee's, uh, you, know, you know, performance or the stats or whatever, is what was the score. And the last two results for, for Saints have been excellent. You know, six points from the last two games, uh, you, you really cannot com- complain about. You know, the, the, statistically, um, Kilmarnock were, uh, you know, the, the more dominant side and all the rest of it. But the bottom line is Saints are picking these points up. And there's a lot of good things emerging. I think I think they've got a really good keeper in Matthews. Stevie May, I mean, you know, the last couple of weeks, everybody's been heralding that his return to something like the old Stevie May, strong running, powerful, bringing, you know, linking up really well with Nicky Clark, which I think has been uh, been important. I thought, I, I'll tell you, I mean, I thought it was important at the weekend. I'm, I'm a Graham Carey fan. It was good to see Carey back. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he, he was the one. Well, he was know. the one. If, if they looked, if the, the little spells that, 
it, they put they put some passes together. He 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 was he was the one. Well, he, he's he a guy. I mean, he, he, to be the one. He sees. I mean, for me, I like midfielders that see forward passes. Oh, he's and, absolutely, that, and that's yeah. what Kerry does. Kerry. Yeah. I mean, there's loads of midfielders about that will play the wee five-yard square yeah. pass or the ten-yard safe backwards, and you look, you think he never loses the ball. And you think, okay, he never loses the, the ball. Yeah. It's important <laughs> it's to keep only, possession, but you know, what does he do? Yards, what does he, yeah. yeah, what does he create? And and that's why I like Kerry. Kerry. Kerry's always looking for the angled pass or the, the forward pass that'll split. You know, that'll split defenders, and and that's important. So I think that's. A good thing that that he's back, and you know there's other things to come. Obviously, I mean I think uh, you know what Wotherspoon is is close, isn't he? You know, I'm not mistaken. You know, with us and and the back, you know, the, the thing is the Saints back line, um, you know, looks good. I mean, it, it, it's when you look at St Johnson, history tells you, as it does with most Scottish clubs, history tells you that what happened to them in terms of the cup wins is highly unusual. Let's be blunt. You know, I mean, it, it'll be another century before you ever get close to to that again. So the, the Saints are like most Scottish clubs a middling team so you hope for decent performance you hope for the occasional win against Celtic Rangers which sustains you for the rest of the season you hope you can beat the teams round about you that kind of thing now at the moment um, you know Callum's been building away slowly and we've talked about this he had his you know he's had his critics I mean I know Saints fans um, who would have quite happily had him out the door um, and, and there's, there's times when it's not been great to watch and you have wondered is are they making any progress but all of a sudden they're an eighth on 16 points and you know they're only three points behind Aberdeen in fourth place and four behind Hibs in third place so it's that kind of league um, and defensively I think um, they're they're a solid you know they're, they're a solid outfit aren't they you know I mean, they're, they're a, they, they don't kind of give much away I mean 17 against well that, that that's that's very good for them by comparison to those around the bottom if you, if you looked at the bottom of the table the Achilles and the United and the Ross Counties they've got a much better defensive record than, than those sort of clubs they could score more uh, maybe once Clark and and May really fit into that part, that that kind of you know that striking partnership that might come. Although I don't think they're ever going to be a, a you know a, a club or a side that hammer goals in uh, right, left, and centre. But at the moment, there's a lot to be pleased about, and and particularly a lot to be pleased about is when you're not playing brilliantly, which you're not. They're still picking up points, and and that's what the game's about. It's professional football. It's no you, me, and the boys down kind of playing five a size on a Tuesday night. It's about picking up points, and they've done that the last two games, and I think that's that, that's to be lauded. Sean, there was one thing that I didn't I didn't write a piece on it, but there was one thing that that caught my eye when I was having a look at the the Optus stats uh, yesterday for for the game, and I was trying. To th- I mean, it wasn't. If it, it did kind of surprise me, just maybe maybe it's because my brain's now being attuned to. Uh, Melker Halberg being deeper and you're thinking of Carey nominally as a sort of off the front or you know as it as as it was when they had the one striker he was he was on that right hand side cutting in and but when you looked at the uh average positions uh Halberg was very very close to being the furthest forward St Johnson player on the pitch he was you know it was between him and him and Nicky Clark essentially and Carey was much deeper did you get that feeling of sort of disparity and roles being switched during the game? I mean, Kerry was going forward and back. I mean, he did pick up a... F- I can remember a good sliding tackle he had right on the edge of the box and he, he did drop deep quite a, quite a lot, but that could be a significant tactical switch, wouldn't it? Cause, I mean, as much as Halberg said, I asked him after the Dundee United game, which is your favourite position? Which boat brings the best out of you? And he, he said it was that deep deeper lying role that you know that he showed up well. You know, probably his best game was was at Tanadice, so no wonder he said it then. 
But I think I'd rather see him further forward. But it's I think I'd probably want Graham Carey further forward as well. So interesting, interesting to see how he, he works out with that one as they go forward. Because I, I would imagine it's two boys that you want to play a lot yeah. of. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 the Dundee United game, actually... Yeah, I think actually of all the games that I've seen, I probably would say for the for the sort of 65, 70 minutes of that, I think that is the best performance of the season um, up until the sort of... Hib's second half when Saints got on the ball. That's when he's on. That's when he's at his best, I isn't will. it? When, yeah, when Saints go. are on the yeah. ball, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, um, Hal, I mean, of the, if, if you're given a choice between Halberg and, and Kerry and which one are you going to ask to sit deeper, it's not going to be Kerry for me. Um, it would be Halberg all the time, um, and and yes, already he's already shown he can do that. You know, he says he's comfortable there, so he's the one. I don't think Kerry really suits that um, with with the way that he looks to play football. Uh, one thing that I did notice about Kerry at the weekend, <laughs> he loves a moan at his teammates. Oh yes, you were you were closer <laughs> than me. Oh, yeah. That's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. Who in particular was getting it? Uh, I don't know. Did you see someone single? I just no, thought no, it was no, kind I didn't. Of scat- no, no, scattergun, I didn't, well, I didn't pick up on anything. But we're now behind. No, we're now likes... behind the glass again in the press box. So you know, I don't pick uh-huh. up on these. No, I've noticed that um, he. he um, <laughs> if if a ball, uh, if he thinks a ball should be going to him and it doesn't go to oh, him, yes. he likes a whinge about that. Oh, good. Uh, I think he got he gave it to Halberg at one point. Um, I think Halberg was trying to play. Uh, a pass beyond him. There was a, there's somebody overlapping on the left hand side, and he was trying to play through Kerry, uh, <laughs> and uh, it didn't quite get there. I think Kerry just had a right go at him about it as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I like about that. But uh, the the other the other thing about him is though, yeah, you're uh, one of the things that I'm sort of that kind of frustrates me a little bit, albeit I understand what he's doing. Um, is that he does? I think he does give the ball away an awful lot, Kerry. But I think that's he tries be, because more. the yeah, nature yeah, of yeah. what he's trying it's the to price do. Price of that kind of player, I think. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But yeah, he's he's definitely one that you would you would want to give license to 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 play further forward, um, because as well as you know he, he's great. At, he tries to pick out passes and he tries to split defences and he tries to create, but he's also got that great left foot that he could stick it in the top corner as well. So um, he's he's definitely one the one of the two of them that I would rather see further up the park. Um, and Halberg, Halberg's been for me. He got, he's another one that I've heard getting getting some stick around about me at the games and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not seeing that. I, I like Halberg and I like what he does. I do um, too. I mean, uh, they, I think yeah. his style of player. Will always I'm not divide opinion, but there'll always be moments when fans or some fans aren't having it because he just he just isn't a he just he's an elegant looking player, isn't he? You know, you can go through every St. Johnson team, probably every every team in the country at spells. They think is he actually doing much? You know what I mean? He just looks a bit sort of you know he's not a wrecking ball. No, he's not. Which he's is far what some from a wrecking want, ball. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it looks lethargic, but you know what I mean. He just kind of he just kind of. It does look like he's ambling at times, doesn't he? And it didn't help. It didn't help that the fact that he looked. You could almost set your uh, set your your watch on uh, when he would just suddenly look like he's gassed. Eh? But but our mark, he seems to <laughs> he seems to have got past that, eh, doesn't he? But there was a time you just thought he's he's done. You know, he's, he's, his race is run here. You know, again. I actually think there was. I think that I'm seeing less of that this so, season. Well, certainly season. from the first few weeks, I was still seeing it. But yeah, uh-huh. definitely seeing less of it now. Definitely seeing less uh-huh. of it now. But I think that's like, that's throughout the team as well. I remember at times, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't wish to single people out in a negative way, but I'm going to have to do it on this occasion. I mean, there's there's two in particular last season that I kind of felt, even from right at the very start and then right throughout, they looked like fitness wise they were kind of struggling a bit. And one of them was Callum Booth, 
uh, and the other one was Jamie McCart at times. I just yeah, I, well, I think there were there was a sluggishness about Booth both now. Of them. We can obviously put it down to his Achilles, and I mean, oh yeah, there was the the last game he had, and it was obviously his Achilles. He just looked like a 55-year-old man, didn't he? Remember at Livingston? It was like, and then he had to come off because obviously, I mean, he was, we subsequently found out that he was in proper pain at both Achilles, you know. But you're right, it did it did look like he'd, he'd aged over season. The, the point I was trying to make, rather than slagging people off last year, which is not my, well, not my intention, the, the point I'm, I'm trying to make is that I think, in general, if you look at the squad and the way they're playing this season, there is, there is, there's been an uplift in their sort of levels of physicality, I think. They were, well, they were tearing about the place in the last five minutes when they needed to, didn't they? Which is always a good sign too, isn't it? Well, Jim, I mean, it's kind of, it's they've been missing a, a sort of standout result against against uh, Rangers or Celtic, you know, apart from the obvious one um, when they won on penalties at Ibrox. But I would think if I was going to choose best half of football St. Johnson have produced, I would be, I think it would probably be... Uh, on this season I'm talking about, it would be a flip of the coin between Tannerai's first half and second half against Celtic. If they can bring that second half against Celtic to the game against Rangers, you just don't know what mood Rangers are going to be in, do you? Although they, were, they, they blew Aberdeen away, but there must there must be some sort. There is a cloud hanging over that team and that club just now, isn't there? Just be, I mean, that's embarrassing for Rangers to have the worst, the worst group record ever in the Champions League. You know, no, a club with the pride of, of Rangers isn't going to wear that badge of dishonour very comfortably, are they? No, I, I think it's 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 more than a dark cloud, um, Eric. I think uh, <clears throat> there are clubs that, in many respects, I don't think I've ever really recovered <clears throat> from the events that befell them way back in 2013. I know they've got a European final and all the rest of it, but you kind of, you know... The, 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 you think? R- you Rangers would go far that back? You know, well, think, well, do you not think well, the, the stopping the nine in a row, sorry, well, yeah, stopping well, the ten in a row kind of was there a sort I mean, of cleansing moment for them? Rangers have only one ambition in life, and, that, and Celtic are the same. It has to be better than each other. I know modern Celtic fans are telling you, no, it's about Europe for us. We've left them behind. But mainly, you know, they, they want to be um, they want to be stopping each other. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, we know they're miles ahead of the rest of the game here, but they, they look to me like a club well, uh, you know, with serious, serious issues surrounding them. Um, and off, off the back of, you know, what has been a pretty, um, if you're a Rangers fan, a very, very depressing record um, in, in, in these group stages, you know, the, the worst ever, according to records. Um, the, you kind of think to yourself, if Saints can't catch them now with their heads down, w- w- when will they ever do it? It's 12 o'clock kickoff, I think, isn't it, on, on, on Sunday? So, well, yeah, some people might argue, um, Van Bronckhorst might argue, given that he was moaning about Ajax having six days off and, you know, the Premier League not really looking after our clubs. I have some sympathy with them in that. Um, they never have done for any of the clubs. But, um, you know, it's a, a midday kickoff. Maybe this is just an ideal time to catch them and try to take something at the game. Now, I know the difficulties when you play um, the likes of Rangers. I mean, by and large, they will have better players. They play, you know, they, they pay players by and large 10 times what St. Johnston pay, you know, sometimes more. Um, they have their pick, they have better players and all the rest of it. Um, but if enough of them are off song and enough Saints players are on song and, and really at it in the modern parlance, then, you know, this is this is their opportunity. I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I thought for, for spells against United, Saints were, were, were excellent. Um, the thing with Saints is, you know, if you look at their, their, their results this season, Saints don't take hammerings. You know, they... they, I don't know, they, they, um, they, they you know, there's been one or two that we lost three at, at, uh, 
uh, Hearts and all the rest of it. But I mean, by and large, you know, you look through the rest of the results, it's Celtic 2-1 and all the rest of it. They don't take hammering. So defensively, pretty sound. Can they find, you know, can they find enough supply from midfield from the likes of Kerry to Clark and, and May to, to, to trouble and, and pierce Rangers? And then if they can't, can they hold on? You don't expect them to go down and score two or three. So if they score one, can they, you know, can they hold the fort kind of thing? Um, Rangers do look a troubled outfit to me but then you know w- without being negative Saints are not Ajax you know I mean um, very few clubs are Ajax you know so there's a possibility of of, of I think things going well for Saints uh, on Saturday but there's also the possibility of them not oh, I mean, well, that, I mean, that's, that's what they did to Aberdeen you know, you know it's, it's, it's yeah. about Rangers as much as anything else isn't it yeah that's, that's, that's the problem I mean it's, 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 it's you know we, we all you know as well as being journalists we, we're also fans and we want the local clubs to do well and sometimes that can over it's a, it's a way I'm sure we will be going on to United in a moment or two because I'm having to actually re, really reassess my constant refrain that there's a good team and they're trying to get out you know so sometimes because you want something to be the case you, you see you, it you can, yeah, you, yeah. You can you con yourself <laughs> Case. Yeah, yeah. And that's the difficulty with Rangers. I mean, when I, I heard Aberdeen had gone ahead, because of a soft spot for the Dons, uh, and uh, when I heard they'd gone ahead at Ibrox, I thought, wow, fantastic. Can they hang on? No, they got blown away and they ended up having a uh, having a nightmare. And that's the danger against either of, of you know Rangers or Celtic. I mean, when they come to town, they have better players. If they're on their game, if they're at it, you, you, you seldom have much chance of taking something from the game. But unless you have a real bang at them, um, you, you, you'll never, you, you'll never get anything. So you know, I hope Saints have a have a measured go at them. Um, I, I, I don't think they can afford to just go gung ho and, and you know all guns blazing. You've got to retain your defensive shape. You've got to retain your hard graft in midfield and all the rest of it. And you've got to hope that your front men um, can get enough service on the occasional chance to to pierce their armour. That, that's the best you can hope for. John, I'll finish up on Saints. I'll let you finish finish this. A section of the podcast. I mean, I, I actually think I mentioned the, the, the second half against Celtic. I, I actually think the the first half and a diff, I, I just I think the game plan was was pretty much spot on. It, it was like you want to not hang on, but you you need to give yourself a, a platform to either just be one behind at most at the second half, so then you can suddenly you can you know the game can go on, you can build your way in it, then you can get to take a few more chances with with bodies forward and I, I think it was I think that's as you know if you go at them in the first half if Saints did that first second half performance in the first half they'd have probably been picked off by a by a you know a, a much much better team so let's let's see they can do that I'll let you pick the team and have a wee uh have we be a wee devil's advocate here and say this is a three game this is a three game week uh with two much more winnable games than this one, there's St. Myrna away, which is which is a biggie. If if you're one of the, well, it's a biggie in any any season. But if you're thinking about potentially top six, blah blah blah, that's a big game. And then they've got Motherwell at home. Do you even sort of prioritise those two and take a couple? I, I mean, I expect. I think this will be David. Wother, I think David Wallace will start this one. So I would imagine. So I would. I wouldn't be surprised if Carey drops out for that one. Are you kind of thinking similar? And would you even? I mean, there doesn't seem to be a need to rest like Sandy Constant. I had in my head that he would be drop out of one of a three game week, but he hasn't yet. He's he's played absolutely every minute. So are are you just saying, look, let's keep going, or are you thinking, let's take a couple out and and 
have a real, real go at getting six points or four points from the last two games. <laughs> if you if you do too much in the way of rotation against uh, Rangers and your St Johnston, I think you're asking for trouble. So uh, I, I I wouldn't personally be be going crazy with it, um, despite the schedule. Um, I mean, I'd, I would I would. Did you bring Wee Max in again? That. He did very well tactically for the first half against fair, Celtic. You know that is a fair shout. Yeah, yeah, he did do well. Um, Wotherspoon, I definitely would play because I mean, one, I think he's obviously we all know he's a terrific player, and, and you know he he gives you something of a threat going forward. So I think he'll be useful, um, and also you know he needs he needs a little bit of game time as well because I think everybody. This could be the last tick in the box and for him, couldn't exactly, it? For the, exactly. The everybody at the club, including you know his teammates, staff, supporters, everybody would love to see him go to the World Cup with Canada. And I think if he's if he's going to do that, you know, we need he needs to play. He needs to play, and he could. He's had some substitute game time. I think he could do with starting this one, and um, and and having a decent game. That, so, that's yeah, where would, Saints have their. That's where Saints have the, have the real strength and depth as well. And there's there's three or four options in that position too. So. Yes. So yeah, I mean, I, I would say yeah, yeah, he he can go in. Um, uh, the other one, um, I don't know. I'd be I'd I'd maybe be tempted to to chuck Montgomery back in. Which um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, although I I don't I don't think I don't think that Callum will. Uh, I think I, I I might I think he'll stick with James Brown and and, and Dre Wright, sort of if you like, uh, in those positions. Um, and beyond that, I, I mean to be honest, I don't really. Could, Max is maybe the only one that there's any real question over. But the formation, the formation. We've talked about this before. The fo- the formation, the way it's it's gone since May and Clark really gelled is kind of doing in his chances a wee bit, you know, because he it's. Even since that Celtic, well, game, unless you know, unless you go with one up top in the first half, I don't think they can. They're not going to do that now, are they? You're not going to take Stevie Mayer out of the team, and or Nicky Clark has to play just because he's the only one that's that's the focal point. So now nah, there you go. So yeah, so I mean, again, the, the, this you know this this, this there, there looks like they're options, but but really there aren't that many. So you're you're, <laughs> you're going to win all three then, basically. That's the target. Well, so. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Look, um, Wotherspoon's the only the only one. I think he I think he should start. Beyond that, I would be leaving it pretty much as it is. Um, and yeah, that's that's just that's just what it is. Because the alternative is the alternative is it's not it's not the same as just holding your hands up and going, well, there you go, Rangers have three points because that's disrespectful to anybody that's coming in. But you're you're certainly leaving yourself open. I think. Um, so I I would leave it pretty much as is. Yeah, good. Okay, well that's the Saints bit done. We'll move on to Jim's. Favourite subject, United and their uh, <laughs> <Must> continuing <be. laughs> woes. Not many things surprise me these days, particularly when it comes to uh, appeals and uh, all the rest of it. But Tony Watts, red getting downgraded to a yellow. That one, I'm pretty shocked by that. Not because I didn't think it was a yellow in the first place, but just because of everything around it you would think with us having just getting VAR and... You know, basically, the, the the VAR official and John Beaton both coming to the conclusion that it it should be a red, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I didn't give it a chance, to be honest with you. That that appeal. So, I mean, what's your reaction to it, Jim? Well, the, the 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 problem was it, Eric. Is you, you know, we say, I mean, every. Do we applaud the SFA? Do we applaud? Yeah. The, I suppose we. Well, I mean, there is nothing wrong in in 
And somebody looking and saying, the referee got that wrong, or, or, or on reflection, you know, looking at that again. I mean, that's what an appeals process is for. You know, what, what did you know? What did the referee think? It would be in the referee's report why he was sent off, what he thought after he looked at VAR and all the rest of it. But th- th- this is this is one of the... I mean, you know, th- this always went on. Players were always able to appeal things and all the rest of it. Now we've got VAR to, to further help the situation. The, the, the problem with the Watt situation was, you know, w- 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 what was he being sent off for under the laws of the game? Was it reckless? Was it violent conduct, etc.? Uh, where in the laws of the game does, you know, might you look and think, you know, is, is there an element that says, oh, he's trying to withdraw from the tackle, he, you know, or didn't meet the, you know, the standards of reckless or, or violent or whatever. These are all the things I suppose they'll have to look at. And, yeah, I mean, you, know, you also applaud people if they think that they got things wrong. Initially, I mean, it was a difficult one. I mean, initially, when I looked at it, we were in the It was. It's not. It, it's still, I'm still not convinced yeah. when I look at it yet. No, I, I looked. I mean, I, you, I, I, th- I thought you could clearly see that, that what did, you know, went, went and the foot was quite high, and he did kind of try to, 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 to jerk it back. Um, but, you know, was the foot high? Was it, we'll have to see what the reasoning is uh, for it. United will certainly be delighted um, uh, about it. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but uh, once again, it's, uh, you know, it, it brings the whole VAR thing into question. I mean, I've seen, I mean, I, I, I have no problem with VAR. I mean, we, we know the reason we've got it. We've got it because um, because as fans and, and, you know, we couldn't accept that referees get things honestly yeah, wrong. Technology's without, without, advanced, yeah, etc. Technology's et advanced, all these sort of things. And, and, and football is a business. And a, a, a wrong decision, a bad decision, uh, wrongly called, can cost clubs a fortune, can cost them relegation, you know, so we know all that. So, um, and that's where also you wonder, is, is there pressure? I mean, the SFA have to try and make this work. So do they want to look and say, well, actually, it's not just a tool for punishing people. It can also get people off the hook when, when a decision has been wrongly made, you know. So it, it's, it's going to be an ironing out process, I think. Uh, ironing out process. Easy, easy for, easy for you to say, Jim, yeah, yes. Yeah, teeth back in, you know. I've still got one teeth to um, Evening out. But, <laughs> uh, that, that's better, an evening out process, you know. So um, so, th- so that's evened out. United will be delighted on that. It was a difficult one. Um, and and we move on, as they say, in, in, in football, you know. So United's money's actually been well spent because I think some of us felt it wasn't. You know, yeah. I, I looked no, at A wee while since you said that, Jim. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the decision and I thought, myself. That's no red. Then it is red. I couldn't make my mind up on on it, you know. So, um, common sense, by the looks of it, has has prevailed. So, yeah, fair play to them uh, for getting it right. I don't. I, 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 the one thing I never ever thought was I never ever thought it was any malice intent. You know what? It Agreed. might just give Tony the, the spark that he needs. I was going to say, well, how labouring? He's gonna. He's gonna. Is he gonna be an important player in these these next three? I mean, there were a, there was a run of fixtures there, Jim, where you would have. I mean, we spoke about it. Motherwell was one that they really re- that was a huge huge result for for both teams. You know, I I, I probably just edged towards United because I thought they you know I thought momentum not momentum wasn't winning, but you know what I mean. Motherwell were on a bit of a slide. I thought, yep, yeah, home game, United will get this done. They haven't, and now they've got Celtic away, Aberdeen away with Kilmarnock at home, sandwich in between. Now Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock's away record is really poor compared to the on the plastic. But they're, they're a, I don't expect them to be bottom or second bottom after watching them twice against St. Johnston, once on the plastic, once on the grass. Derek McInnes is, is starting to fashion a Derek, Derek McInnes type team and they're they're perfectly, you know, they're they're an effective premiership operator who who will stay up in my opinion. So what on earth's what's par for these last three games? I mean, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to win the Kamarnet game, aren't they? You know, for it to be par, basically three, three out the three out three points out those three games because a bit optimistic. I mean, Aberdeen's home form's very, very good, so it'd be an optimum. I know that the United blew them out the water at Tannerice, but that'll be in. 
Aberdeen's minds as well that they'll want to write that wrong. So are, are you looking at three as what United no. should be aiming for? Well, I, I, was on, I, was on, I have to say I was impressed by your, your kind of you know your confidence that that they beat Motherwell because I wasn't. <laughs> I just had I just had a feeling. In fact, I said to a couple of guys in the press box, um, I talked to a couple of guys in the directors, but I was talking to the referee and supervisor were having a chat and I said, I've got a feel Motherwell will do this today. I mean, I, I, you know, I know Motherwell had kind of struggled a wee bit and all the rest of it, but I think there are some good players in there. And it was, it was, it was you know, they, they had possession stats and all the rest that tell you one thing, but I mean, the bottom line is they got the goal. Um, and, you know, other than, I mean, United had a couple of chances and Fletcher overhead kick and all the rest of it, but they, there's, there's, a, there's a real, there's a lack of confidence permeating United at the moment and, and somehow or other, you know, Liam Fox and, and the coaching staff have to have to get them over that. Now, you know, where is there a worse place to go uh, than Celtic Park on Saturday to try, oh, no, to, try I'm, to boost I'm looking at that one. I'm looking beyond well, that one already. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, that nine 0 result is still fresh in your mind. We've spoken to so many fans at other clubs this season who've played Celtic and they've said, "Look, it could have been eight, it could have been nine, it could have been ten. You know, no, it was nine against United. Now, so the Kilmarnock one would be very difficult. It's you know, the midweek uh, straight into after the Celtic game, and 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 you know, the one thing about. Um, Derek McInnes and Tony Doherty is you know people can criticise the type of teams they build and all the rest of it but they build hard work and dead organised efficient teams and I mean a lot of the Kelly fans weren't particularly happy but um, I, I think that's probably what you'll see so that will be a very very tough game to, to win and then uh, up to Aberdeen who of course will be desperate to right the wrongs of the 4-0 hammering at Tannadice, um, you know uh, just not, not that long ago um, you, you just get, and then and then fortunately the break, um, which, which is a good thing because I think they were then due to meet Livingston. You know, uh, well they are still due to meet Livingston, but the World Cup interposes and all of that on that, that horrendous surface and against the side they're going well. So, um, Eric, to be honest with you, I, 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 I'm looking at three of these and thinking they might be pointless after all three. Uh, the, I mean, the, you, the way you do get to moment. that stage. It's 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 because there's there's t- there's not. There's only one break this year, obviously, because it's it's early with the World Cup. But you know, this the second sort of phase is the fact that they can open the transfer window. But I remember coming up to coming up to the break for St Johnson last season, and you just you got to the state, you were just kind of like, I remember it being being a bonus that it went early because because and the Hearts one that they would have had Hearts away had it not been come a wee bit early that got kicked back to to after you know the the couple of weeks off you get into the mentality where you're just kind of like you're looking you're thinking let's let's just stem the bleeding and hope it's you know hope you're not in such a bad position when it gets when it gets to the break and they'll be looking at Ross County's they'll be already looking at Ross County's fixtures as well aren't they before this break as well now Ross County have got they've also got one they're right off they're away to Celtic as their their last one before the break, but they're at home to St Murn and away at Hibs. Okay, away at Hibs, but you, I mean, Ross Ross County could well win on on Saturday. So you're kind of looking at them both, and you're thinking, if you're United, you're probably just saying, I don't want to be any worse than three behind type thing. That that's the mindset you get into, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's um, already um, they're they're in. Uh, I mean, frankly, they're in a death spiral already. They're they're in that relegation battle. It's hard to see um, how you claw yourself. Uh, you, 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 I mean, a prospect of clawing yourself in the top six already are just gonna. You know, I mean, they're eight points behind Hearts in sixth place. So already, you know, you think, well, okay, top six is gone this season from a side who finished fourth last year, you know, and into Europe. Um, so now it's about survival. It's about you know. 
giving yourself the best fighting chance, I think. Now, that, that, that sounds horrendous after only 13 games of the season, but the, the, those, those are the realities. You know, we're over that first quarter of the season. Um, the, the league table tells its own stories. You, you know, a club that just can't score goals, you've got 11 for, 26 against. I mean, the worst record in the league. Now, we know that, that you know, that, that pummeling from Celtic with the nine puts a slightly artificial um, you know, uh, uh, sight on things. But I mean, ha- had they normally lost to Celtic by a three 0 as they did earlier in the season or a four 0 you know, that, that that you know that still would have been twenty one, twenty four, two points, uh, twenty two goals against or something like that. Which is still pretty grim. Um, so, you know, the, the the key thing here is is is, is, is you know Liam Fox has got several kind of um, you know elements to the task. He, he's still trying to figure out, A, who his best goalie is, what exactly is his best formation, and how does he lift people? How, how does he lift the, you know, I mean, look, football players, you know, they, they, they don't run about in a kind of, uh, in an act of, of deep depression at training. I mean, you know, they're doing a job they love, they're getting well paid for it. You know, they bounce. We've seen guys in training grounds and after, they, you know, a defeat's quite quickly put out of the mind. But deep down there in the psyche, in the psyche of every player, you know that you're, you know that, that either you're you're not playing well, or that you're playing not too badly, but you're not getting the results. You know, and and the United psyche, you know, it's very difficult to take very much that's that's positive that's going to boost your performance dramatically when you played thirteen and you've got nine points and you're propping up the table along with Ross County and you're going to Celtic Park. On, on Saturday, you know, which will very probably result in another, I don't think it'll be another nine, but uh, who knows, um, but it's, it's highly unlikely to be a draw or anything other than a defeat. Um, and, and, you know, you're further, you know, you're further isolated at the bottom of the table um, from the rest. So it's 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 kind of, it, it, that's why managers get paid the big bucks. I hope that, I hope they're weighing Liam Fox in pretty well. Um, and the United support is, is on the turn. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, a lot of people say to me, Fox is not the man for the job. The problem was at the time, given the model, I mean, this is the key thing, given the model that United want to run on, where they've got, um, you know, a sporting director who's got, uh, you know, every bit as much, say, maybe even more than a manager, uh, it's it's going to be a younger type of manager who kind of falls in with that style, that style of running the club. So it's difficult to see what changes there. I mean, who's going to identify any targets they get in January? And by the nature of things in January, what you're getting, you're getting someone else's cast-offs, injuries, fitness worries, uh, you know, uh, form worries. All of these things is very, very difficult to radically transform your season with, um, with 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 January signings. So United are now in a serious scrap, and they've got to, you know, my view on it: get the sports psychologist in every day of the week. You know, that's, oh, <laughs> get that's, them in there working a, with the boys. You know, that's another wage, Jim. That's another wage. Come on. <laughs> well, I, not if you're I, British. Not if you're British Olympics. I noticed the other day they were they were wanting a, a, a sports psychologist. I to, saw to that on the cheap for, for a volunteer. For a volunteer. <laughs> Can you believe it? You've got Olympians picking up a million quid a year in sponsorship and they want somebody with a, a, an honours degree, maybe yes. even a PhD, to work for, for Zip. Oh, oh, I know, incredible. I know, I know. <laughs> right, so United, I think, I can see the reason, and I've seen why Liam Fox has said he's changed the goalkeeper. I just think they're in a, they're in a heck of a pickle in this goal. And we, we've called this weeks, months ago. And even when United, even when United were kind of on the, on the improving... And there weren't like really obvious goalkeeping errors. Like I'm talking about this in Johnson game, for example. It just didn't feel as if it felt as if there could be, and it just didn't quite feel feel right. Uh, and it certainly didn't feel right with Birigiti. 
Now he's brought Berrettini back in, and he's having to, he's kind of trying to defend what happened. I think he's saying he, he got too strong a wrist to the to the rather than if he'd had a weaker wrist, it would have been better. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I may I may even be wrong, but I think that was the gist of what Liam Fox was saying. And clearly, he's got to do his best to try, and it's a hard juggling act to 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 sort of speak well of both goalies. And he said he's got two number ones. The reality is. He's not got two number one, Sean. He's got two number twos, isn't he? That's that's the that's the big problem, isn't it? Uh, it's certainly uh, presenting itself. It's a big issue for them. It really is, and it? it's been presenting itself that way since. Oh, crikey, out my way, right back, really, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, and there hasn't really been a solution to it. So, um, and, and you hear this a lot um, when 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 managers are trying to manage a goalkeeper situation. You know, we've got two number ones, and you know. <sighs> Sometimes I get, I mean, on very, very, very rare occasions, that might actually be the case. Manison's and Clark was one, wasn't it, I suppose? Towards towards the end of of Manison's spell uh, as number one and Xander Clark coming through, yeah, it was was a difficult one. But most of the time, (laughs) certainly in this occasion, it would appear that it's it's really the reason for the switching back and forth is, is, I I mean, what is it to do with? It's to do with form, confidence. You know, if you if you take a guy out because he shipped loads of goals, um, as happened earlier in the season, you know, when uh, Ericsson went out, Berigetti came in, but then Berigetti went out, Ericsson came back in, and now now we've swapped again. I mean, that doesn't the the indication there isn't that oh these keepers are just so good that they're uh, that they're they're, they're they're pushing each other out of the side back and forward. The indication is that well we're not really sure who we think's better, or we're not really sure who's going to give us the the most protection. Um, and if you have to take things like confidence into account and, and take giving people a spell out of the spotlight and what have you, then I mean that's that's another another concern. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been a problem for Dundee United, um, and it, it looks like it. I mean, what do you what do they do about it? Becomes the next question um, because you know that I think we said in the summer that you know that for for a long time there appeared to be an obvious candidate available in the shape of um, Xander Clark. Who was a free agent um, for much of the summer, uh, and you know he didn't didn't get him. Now uh, they were linked with him. Um, there was no move. He didn't sign. He's now joined Hearts, uh, and United have obviously signed Mark Berrettini, who it would appear is in and out of the side along with um, Ericsson. So I, I, I'm not convinced they know which one is the more secure of the two. And uh, they're now in a position where it's clearly an issue. I think they want it to so be better Getty, don't they? I think they want it to be better. But I think he would be... I think if, if it comes to this the January and they do bite the bullet, I think I think Ericsson's probably the, the easier one to move on than, than Birrigetti, potentially. But, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah, yeah, it could well be. But the fact that we're even having this conversation and, and at the very start of November... I mean, that's it's a clear, clear problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, and the the other thing for United, I'm sure you'll come on to this. I mean, that's what that's one issue, but there are other ones quite clearly, um, because you 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 can only go so long in a season saying you know there's a team in there they'll come good, it'll be all right, they're too good to to go down, you know. Before you know it, we're in November, um, and they're still where they are, uh, and 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 bar you know. Uh, a two-week period where you know there was a shaft of light. They've gone back to losing now, so time's running out for them to prove that they're 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 too good to be embroiled in this 
battle because at the moment they are, and it's it's only going to get worse unless they unless they pull the finger out. Yeah, I think of all the the mistakes, Jim, just on the goalkeeping front, of all the mistakes that United have made in the summer and since, it just it was the biggest. I mean, you look at. They didn't need to get it spectacularly right with a with a goalkeeper. They just needed to get somebody a, a, a seven out of ten one. You know, solid. I mean, somebody solid. Yeah, That's I right. mean, a, a half decent loan from down <clears> south <throat> would have done them. You know, and now they've got they've got they've got two guys that were they've got two guys in who are who were both gambles. You know, because they were they were unproven in in British football, and it's they've made a mess i mean of of all the th- i mean of all the things they should have just cut their losses on and said look we've we've made a mess of this when you just need to I'm, and, and it's not this Anna Clark. it could have been you know they could have you could have got a, done what St Johnson have done and got a a good loan like Remy Matthews off a off a team down south it's it's been it's it's not been good has it it's not been good I, I think the um, you know the thing is you've not got two kids it's, you've not got two kids here better get his thirty one uh, Ericsson's uh, twenty seven I think you know so these are these are goalies who I mean in goalkeeping terms twenty seven is, is actually you've still That's got a fair old joint you can have another ten years ahead of you quite easily and even better get you can have another ten years ahead of him you know so they're they're, they're you know they uh, but but they're not young players you know they've been about the block um, <clears throat> albeit arguably at a, uh, you know some would say certainly a different level uh, but. I think the really, really top goalkeepers have maybe a mistake, a, a, a howler in them every once, maybe every couple of seasons, maybe once a season. You know, um, average goalies have have a kind of couple of mistakes and bad mistakes, maybe you know three, four times a season. Um, I'm not sure where these two guys fit into this uh, into this scenario. I mean, I don't. In fairness to Ericsson, I haven't seen him making any absolute howlers. He just, you know, he, he doesn't look kind of like a goalkeeper that 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 the, the defence are kind of confident. confident and and and, and neither is very good. I mean, I have to say initially when we saw the uh, you know you saw the header initially from Johansson, that was a fine header, a great cross, fine header, badly badly marked. But when you saw him going up, you thought, oh, what a good save that is. <laughs> then you realise they pushed up there, no, you know, <laughs> over over and down uh, the line instead of getting over the bar. Now, <clears throat> you know, there's a combination of things. Was it power? Was he badly positioned? It shouldn't have been because it was almost right right at him. You know, although it was a powerful header. So you've kind of got to put that down to um, an error. It's a, an obvious one. Well, it could catch, you know, it could catch the the edge, of the heel of the the heel of the palm, or the edge of the palm, or or whatever. You maybe just didn't quite get that right. To it. But you know, with the modern size of the glove, they're about the size of frying pans. You should be able to kind of, you know, get more of a hand on it than that. So you know, you're looking for the keeper to palm that away and over the bar in that situation. Didn't happen, and it becomes very expensive. But it's a real issue, and I think that the biggest issue is I'm not sure now that Liam Fox knows which of the two. Is his yes, best that's keeper. it, and and that, now I know both of them now know both of them know that <laughs> that they've got that he's not got one hundred percent faith in them. That that's the key thing here now, isn't it? Because he's 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 I was going to say he's dropped them both. Well, he left. I don't think he originally dropped Berrettini, did he? So he, he inherited a situation whereby he left Berrettini out, and now he's now he's dropped Ericsson. So it, it's you know neither of them are thinking it, looking at their manager, thinking ah, he really he's having me. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the, the the thing is, Eric, this is where kind of I'm afraid the training ground cannot replicate the realities of playing in front of you know um, a, a, 
a home, a home or an away crowd, but a home crowd, particularly a suspect. A home crowd extent, on the you know, on the turn, shall we speak? You know uh, what well, I mean? And they are, they, yeah, that, that's right. I mean, some, you know, some players are fabulous in training, week in, week out, whatever position. But they get on the park and, and they just the nerves get the better of them, or they can't handle criticism, or you know they shy from things, or they don't try things, or they. They're over exuberant, you know, um, whatever. I mean, and goalkeeping terms, and I always cut goalies more slack. I haven't had a, a goalie in the family, you know, my oldest lad, yeah, I always cut him a bit more slack. But the bottom line is it's, it's arguably the most pressured position on the pitch. One, one, one mistake can be incredibly costly, you know. A striker puts the ball over the bar, they'll get another crack at it later on. A midfielder makes a bad pass, you know, it might lead to a break, but it might be three, four, five passes joined up before the opposition you know, scored a goal. Even a defender, sometimes there's someone running about. But a goalie is, you know, a goalie is in a particularly acute position where you know one mistake or no getting that palm to to the ball properly, everyone sees it, and, and there's no hiding place. You know, um, that's why you need goalkeepers who you know are, are as good as you can get. And I'm not convinced that United have got either the two of them as good as they could have got. I think, I mean, irrespective of what happened with the, the Zander situation when he was available, whether he didn't want to come to the club or not and thought that there were better moves for him, and I believe there's a lot of truth in that, um, there, there were other possibilities round about. You know, it's not an easy position to fill. Dundee will tell you that, we know that. But, at Prem, you know, Dundee United at Premiership level should be a relatively attractive proposition to attract a decent loan keeper from south of the border, you know. Um, and... It's it's this this problem's now not going away. Um, well, not for six. I think, I think we've got six games. Six yeah, they have to redouble January, their effort. I think yeah. redouble their effort to try to I think bring in someone who um, you know who is much more kind of measured and stable and solid uh, in goal. That's along with the the host of other problems we've got. Because of course you know um, Sean had it on the head earlier on. I'm afraid I'm going to kind of have to put my hands up here now. You know, I mean, you know, I. I I'd say to Mark Ogden on Sunday, on the face of it, there's a good side there. But there's, there are only, frankly, so many times you can say that without eventually having to admit to yourself that what you want to be the truth isn't the truth. Um, and there are there are too many weaknesses throughout the side. You know, I mean, where's the biggest one? Where's the biggest one outfield in Jim? What would you? What would you? Well, what would you there, say one of the one of their major problems is is, is central defence at the moment. You know, dealing with crosses, and I mean, you saw it again at the weekend. You know, um, Smith not making a run to cover. You've got Edwards kind of playing that lone central defender um, role. Three central defenders on the face of it. But I mean, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm a fan of two. <laughs> I'm a fan of the old two central half kind of. I, I like the four four two system better than they do the the the, the three. 3-5-1, because the 3-5-1 usually ends up being a club like United, whether they're a cosh 5-3-1, 5 back defending, and that's fine if you can defend well, but they're not defending well, um, you know, particularly from cross balls. It seems to be kind of, um, they don't attack the ball with alacrity, they don't mark men well enough, they get caught kind of ball watching and sleeping. Um, and of course, outside of that, um, you, you've got a, a, a midfield, which just, you know, isn't, there's no pace about the side, they're not creative enough. Levitt looks like half the player he did previously. I quite like Sibbald, but he's he's kind of ploughing a low and furrow. Uh, BH is playing in that kind of you know that driving. You know, he's playing that three five one five three one call it what you will. The two the, you know the two two attacking fullbacks. Um, uh, BH actually looks a better uh, fullback going forward than he does defending to me at the moment. 
early days for him. You could argue give him time. But generally speaking, yeah, I, I quite like McGrath. Uh, he, he looks a decent player. Fletcher, I think, still you know plays very well. But um, what obviously was sent off at the weekend, what looks like a man a wee bit short of confidence. I know he's had a couple of goals recently and all the rest of it. But you look at the bench and, and on the face of it, they're, 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 they're as a strong bench. But, you know, increasingly when you actually see it, when it comes, you know, when push comes to shove, Niskanen comes on, looks like a guy short of confidence, but it hasn't worked for him at Tannadice. Peter Pollock, who knows how he'll be, will he ever return? to being anything like the player he was with the pace that he brought. Um, Jum, well, haven't seen enough of him. I remember him at heart. He was in there the now, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in, in and out. Um, Ericsson, the goalie, well, you know, we, we've just we've just gone through all that. Uh, Middleton, my jury's out on Middleton as well. Um, he's got you get the Middleton that St. Johnson got, basically. Yeah, you know, that's the, right. He's got talent. You know, looks, looks like he's an incredibly yeah, talented player. And shows are sometimes, but you can have yeah, a run of games where he just doesn't. You know, and, and Sadat Anuku um, has ability. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, the, the danger is that he's a, he can be a terrifically exciting player by looks from on the ball. But, you know, what, what do you achieve? You know, I mean, we all played at amateur or juvie or junior level. The boys, you could beat three, four men. What do they do with the ball? Because ultimately, that's the key. What do you do with the ball? What progress, what profit do you get when you've got the ball? Can you find someone in space to get, you know, to make that telling pass, get a shot away? Uh, it's early days with him as well. Uh, and Harks, um, just, you know, I saw the Courier piece today where Harks is talking about addressing the issues in his game and all the rest of it. And he's gone off the ball. And the way I like Harks, I think he's got a good engine about him and all the rest of it. But you need a better final pass and needs to win the ball more and all the rest of it. So increasingly, you're looking, you're thinking, actually, the bottom line is simple, Eric. The league table never lies. And, and and the league table tells you all you need to know about the quality of this United side oh, yes. at the moment. They're, they're, certainly they're don't think it is in Dundee United's case yeah. at the minute. Bottom of the no. league with nine points for a reason. And, and they are now firmly... Absolutely firmly in that relegation zone. I mean, you know, between county propping up, albeit on goal difference, Kilmarnock only three points ahead, you're now looking at a seven-point gap with Livingston. Um, you know, that that's Living needing to lose two, United win two, a draw somewhere along the line just to, to draw a level. Now, to me, there's no indication of Livingston doing that. Now, I, I, I'm pretty sure that Dundee United's wage budget is massive by comparison to Livingston's. So you are entitled to ask yourself, why, why have Livingston done such a, a respectable job when United kind of get close to that, you know? Um, and th- those are all questions that fans have been starting to ask for sometimes, and the rumblings, I think, uh, are growing. You cannot, I mean, you know, I said this to Mark Ogden at the weekend, there wasn't a blown smoke up his backside. You cannot criticise the man. He has, he has given... The sporting director and managers, all the backing they need. He's put money into the club right, left and centre. He, uh, bluntly, he's, he's beyond criticism. If there's any criticism to be levelled, it's perhaps that he hasn't had a tight enough rein on what's going on. Um, but at the moment, um, you know, there are a lot of questions to be answered and none of them are being answered well enough at Tannadice because for the budget, the size of the club, they should be doing much, much better than 13 played and nine points. Right, Dundee, Jim, I mean, we could... <laughs> Saints and United are playing the old firm, so you know realistically we're not expect, we're we're not expecting either to get points. Obviously, St Johnson have got a, a higher chance. I think we can ag- agree on that. But Dund, you could call this this is possibly the uh, the game of the day, isn't it? Uh, Dund, Dundee at Partick Thistle. Now, two teams who have big expectations. One team that was was out on top and was looking to be the one to catch. I'm talking about Partick Thistle here. They've on a horrendous run of form. Four four defeats on the bounce, albeit one was in the cup up at Aberdeen. Dundee, 
they just kind of they're just plodding along. You know, it's it's they're in one of those typical Dundee type runs where you really wouldn't predict whether they would win, lose or draw. But this this is this is the six pointer here for you, Jim, isn't it? I mean, this could it could actually turn it could turn opinion on on Gary Boyer, couldn't it? If if Dundee lose this. Well, I mean, let's take the positives out at first. Um, <clears throat> they're, you know, Dundee's form's been kind of up and down, putting it mildly. Um, but they're, they're about to meet a team who have just kind of, you know, have fallen off the edge of a cliff in terms of where they were. You know, I mean, they, they lost uh, 3-0 to Wraith, 4-2 at Air. Uh, they got scudded 4-0 by Queen's Park, you know. All of that coming off a, a, a 4-1 defeat by Aberdeen, which you probably would expect in the quarterfinal of um, the, you know, the, the, League, the League Cup. But, I mean, all of a sudden, Partick have, have kind of just gone into free fall. I mean, they're a point ahead of, of Dundee. Um, they score more goals. They concede more as well, though. Um, so this is, this is an opportunity for Dundee, I think, to go down and stake their credentials um, in terms of, you know, the psychology of a, of a team who, you know, most of us expected to be, um, you know, either if not leading the table, certainly in the top two or three with, with a charge with Ian McCall um, in there. And of, course, and of course, they beat Dundee, they were 3-0 up against Dundee um, uh, in the game at Dens, you know, before Dundee kind of drew back a wee bit. Um, so... I think psychologically it's a big one, but it's not. It's not just the game that's a big one. Dundee really need to start putting um, points on the table in terms of wins. I mean, you know, they're now sitting there in sixth position. I mean, it's, it's, it's there's a, a, there's a, da- again, there's a but- danger of looking at there is a danger of looking at just the fact that where you are in terms of points, but the number of clubs around it is is a is a danger of its of its of its all of its own, isn't it? Because any one of them could take advantage of. Of you know, take a run and all of a sudden break break three break free. It's not like if you were just if you're just a couple of points behind one team, you'd it would you you'd be a bit more comfortable, wouldn't you? Well, I think the the, the key thing is for me, and this, I mean, I know that it's it, teams have come up in the, in the playoffs and all the rest. Of it, we know that, but by and large, we know that in the playoff situation. Um, the, 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 the balance of the advantage still lies with the Premiership sides in terms of how the fixtures go and all the rest of it, you know, the number of games. Um, so so really what you want to do is you want to win the league. You want to win the championship to come up automatically if you're going to be promoted. Now already, uh, with both having played 13 games, Air have got a five-point advantage. So if Dundee were to, you know, to lose or, or even drop points, um, and Air were to win... Uh, on Saturday, albeit here at Morton, and that'll, that'll certainly no be a, 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 an easy one because Morton are Morton are flying again. I mean, sitting there in second, you know, second position, just three points behind them. So there, there's a game that's that's uh, that's, that's a six pointer as well, and that's the difficulty with this league. I mean, Queens Park, quite a young side. I, mean, I remember having a good blather. Um, after the game, you know, <coughs> we we came came care and and uh, um, Simon Murray and and. You know, Queen's partly a side that kind of can flatter to deceive, but they can also um, deceive to flatter. I mean, there's a lot of good players in there as well. And they're suddenly third. There's a lot of money going in down at that club as well. Inverness are, uh, are, are in there. Thistle are in there. This is going to be, you know, Wraith Rovers are kind of hanging about, you know, just on the same points as Dundee, but could go on a wee run as well. This is a league we know where anyone can beat anyone. Um, the, the problem from Dundee's point of view is they've actually got to start, you know, Winning games, no, you know, winning one, drawing one, and, and they want to start putting a run together. And you'd have to say at the moment, looking at the way they've been playing and look at 
looking at the side that they've got, and I know that Gary Boyer will say, I've not had a chance really to build my own side. Well, that's just the way the game is now, Eric. I mean, it probably has been for a long time. Coaches kind of, you know, coaches come at awkward times of the year. They end up with the players they've got. Um, they kind of bring other players to the club, either through budget uh, considerations or they just kind of attract players to the club for, for other reasons. But on the face of it, um, there's a problem there as well. You've got, you know, strikers like Rudden and Robinson that are you know, scoring enough goals. You've got a midfield that hasn't kind of... Um, isn't it quite settled and, and is bluntly not creative enough? Um, they, they've had the, they've they've had the same issue. I know there's been injury issues with goalkeepers and all the rest of it as well. Dundee at the moment are, are perming anyone from three uh, in, in terms of their goalies. Um, and although they, they score decently, you know, twenty one, it doesn't quite. Jakubiak's got to come back in, isn't he? Surely he's he's scored. Well, yeah, he, 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 he did, he did he well in midweek. Four mil in the season, didn't he? he did so. well in midweek, and he, he was a guy that, that also you know that there, there were high hopes for. Um, you, you, you just kind of sense that you know it's a, you know it's not quite the same as United because Dundee's position isn't as powerless as United's, although it's it's not handsome either. Given that you would expect it to be make much more running than this, there's an unsettled element to the side. There's a side that kind of come and go in terms of confidence and all the rest that, and they are finding what every club in in, in in this league finds it's a brutal brutal league you you need players i mean i spoke to a, a a championship a championship chairman in midweek who was talking about this you know you you need players who are absolutely going to scrap and bite and, and you know and tackle furiously and all the rest it's a league that you you know you need the right kind of mentality um to, to, you know I, I mean i think you know you, com- you, you confident that- you confident for them at, at for how um, oh, is it one you just you just would not touch? Eric, with a you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> even attempt to call it. Genuinely, I wouldn't even attempt to call this one. I mean, it's just uh, it, it. It's a classic. It could go either way. I mean, it will depend on a combination of things. It'll depend on the hunger and the aptitude and the attitude and the desire and all the rest of it from players. And that that that's what you know. I never ever like to say players haven't given it their all. But, you know. Very few professional players don't go out and give give you know what they've got in the park, but it only takes the mind to be somewhat unsettled and have a wee kind of element of creeping self doubt there before poor decision making, the wrong pass, you know, um, you know, fractionally late and, and making your mind up whether to kind of go for a tackle or or, or, or you know or, or make a clearance catches you out, and, and you kind of sense it at the minute that that Dundee are, are, are between a rock and a hard place. You know, there are times that I've seen them and I've thought they've looked really quite tidy and quite neat. There are other times where they've been all over the place and disjointed, you know. So it's very, very hard to call um, uh, games when you've got clubs playing like that. And Thistle, uh, as I say, <coughs> Thistle were flying. And then all of a sudden, they weren't so much flying as, well, they were flying off the edge of a cliff. I mean, I don't think Ian McCall will know what's happened to them. So I, I wouldn't even attempt to call this one. You know, I mean, if, if, if you did, if you were saying kind of, I think Dundee can win it, you'd simply be indulging in guesswork. So, I mean, uh, Draw. But, but what they do have to do is they, they, they've really got to get themselves back on on track very quickly. We, you know, a game away to Thistle and then... Uh, Quite quickly, Wraith and Hamilton coming up uh, off the back of that. You know, they need, don't they need to really kick kickstart their season? The good news is they win it probably all as well with the world again. So you know, it, it's it's yeah, they can they can certainly be really confident if they do. But it's yeah, it's even even bigger than United against Motherwell last last week. I would suggest, but 
well, actually, maybe United fans wouldn't suggest that because no. the, the, yeah, the, the other thing with McCall is McCall always, McCall always likes to put it over his old clubs. You know, I mean, you know, played at Dundee, managed at United. You know, still has a deep, deep, deep dislike. Of, well, he doesn't. Uh, he of, does. Of He's United, my, you know? a man to carry a grudge, isn't he? Let's <laughs> oh, face it. <laughs> nurse your wrath to keep it warm. I mean, I, I like Collie. I've always got a well, but he nurses that wrath to keep oh, it warm. Doesn't, you he know? Just, <laughs> doesn't he? Just indeed, Sean. Have you got faith that they'll they'll Get a result in this no. in the six point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I find it very difficult to have faith in Dundee. I have to say, and it's not it's not because I don't want to. I'd love to have some. They've faith let in you. Dundee. They've let you down too often, Sean. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I, I, like I, I, a lot of my a lot of my very good friends. <laughs> hey, oh, here they are here again. again yeah. uh, these are this is these, these are, are the, the ones the from Dundee the other side ones, of the divide. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So they they exist as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to see see Dundee suddenly sort of streak away and take control of the championship and, and and start to look like league winners. That would be great. I mean, it would be great for them. It would be great for us professionally, to be honest, because I think we'd, we'd all prefer that Dundee were in the top league and same for United and same for St Johnston, you know. So it would be it would be great. But that said, I haven't seen anything this season from Dundee that makes me believe that that's going to happen. So. No, I don't have any faith in Dundee, and I won't. I won't have any faith until they show me that I should. You're in a hurry. You want to get your lunch on, don't you? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> on that, on that note, uh, we'll uh, we'll call it a day for for this week and reconvene next week. Okay, thanks, guys, and thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.